Welcome to episode 75 of the Family Geekery Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Amber. And I'm Danny. And we have two special guests with us today. We've got Nina and Josh from the sound, I'm sorry, from the band A Sound of Thunder. They've agreed to uh, join us for our epic 75th episode. Welcome, Nina and Josh. Hello. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. So A Sound of Thunder is a, uh, a metal band that will get into a little bit of their, their history and uh, some of their milestones that they've done over the years. Um, quick little background. They are close by, so local bandish to us. And uh, we just happened to, I've been a longtime uh, Kickstarter backer of theirs. We'll get into that a little bit. And I just happened to see on the Facebook page of the local arcade that we've talked about several times on the podcast that A Sound of Thunder was playing there. And I thought, there's, there's no way this must be a typo or something. <laughs> and it was like... How, am I seeing, because sometimes you get like band advertisements and like, oh, cool, Tesla. And then you see it's like Oklahoma. Like, mm-hmm. why, why am I getting an Oklahoma <laughs> advertisement on Facebook for Tesla? But it was like three miles down the street for me. So so we checked them out, uh, chatted a little bit afterwards. They agreed to do this. So here we are. So that's, that's how we're here today. Um, so we always start... Uh, each episode with what we call Geeky Weeks. And we talk about uh, anything that, that we've done recently that was geeky, you know, what kind of games we're playing or what we're reading comic book wise. So we're going to skip that, but I'm going to put you two on the on the uh, <laughs> hitch for it. Okay. So Nina and Josh, what, what have you uh, been doing lately that's geeky? Josh, you go first. Um Many things. Um, I'm reading uh, Stray Bullets by David Lapham. Um, and I'm, normally, I'm more of a superhero reader, especially Marvel and Valiant. Um, and I'm not really a crime guy, whether it's comics or movies or whatever. But it's a black and white crime comic, and I'm loving it. It's fantastic. Um, so I'm in the middle of that as far as my reading. And on the comics collecting, I had a major milestone. I completed my Marvel 1980s collection. So I have now every issue of every Marvel title that was published in the 80s. That's incredible. And if you want to get super geeky, that's mainstream Marvel Universe only. No new universe, no licensed comics. Okay. But, uh, but I'm still, uh, I'm the NAM, the Vietnam War title was the last one I had to finish. I just finished it up. Oof. Okay. So, Finished my Marvel collecting and video game wise, um, I am playing the remastered Alan Wake, the original, not the sequel. Okay. Uh, with my fiance, we played that on Halloween night and got as far as we could, and probably be doing a little more after this. I haven't played any of those. That's uh, that's a PlayStation exclusive title, right? Is that no, one um, it's on Xbox. Uh, in fact, the original was on Xbox for ten bucks. Okay, um, but you know what? I'm not sure where the sequel is available. Alan, because Alan Wake Two just came out. That's how we we heard about it and got into it. But we figured we better better start with the original. So cool. If you're into Stephen King at all, it might be worth checking out. Okay. Yep, I know nothing about that title. <laughs> you girls played it, that Alan Wake at all, Amber and Danny? No, but I like Stephen King. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, at least watch the trailer. Okay. It's pretty cool. So the main character is a writer, and he goes to a lake, 
in the woods, very Stephen King-like setting, and it turns out that the stuff he's writing starts coming true. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. All right. Well, well, he nailed that, Nina. He, he could be a, a guest host every week with us. That was a great geeky week. More organized yeah. than how we do it. More, yeah. Much more organized. <laughs> so how about you? Well, let's, let's start with the comics. I've been collecting uh, the Gargoyles comic that's coming out right now. And uh, the Batman, the animated series sequel comic series that they're doing right now it's called like a return of batman or something like that i can't remember but um i'm collecting those and i just got my newest issue um i just got two new action figures from the gargoyles line i'm collecting them all because that's like my favorite cartoon ever and i bought this huge um shelf that looks like a fire escape in new york city and that's going on the wall and all the gargoyles are going to go on top of it Oh, neat. I have to, we have to, we had to figure out like which wall do we have is large enough for this huge, basically an art installation. Um, (laughs) So that's what uh, I did early this week. And then let's see, Halloween, my friends came over, Uh, you know, uh, we did the Halloween costumes. We have a huge Halloween display outside with a projector going and creepy music playing and lights and, I gave away candy to many children dressed as a priestess of Lolf. And if you don't know that reference, it is a Dungeons and Dragons reference. I am a priestess of Lolf. Um, All hail the Spider Queen. Uh, Men are inferior. So I was a priestess of Lolf and there were spiders all over our house. It was awesome. And then I finished a novel called Dark Matter which is a sci-fi novel about someone who gets lost among the many versions of himself in a multiverse. So that one's an interesting novel. I went through it pretty fast. It's a quick read. And um, video games, I'm still playing World of Warcraft, uh, the game that will never end. And you know, <laughs> we're, we're in the dragon, dragon lands, the dragon isles. We're riding dragons, so we're having a good time there. And uh, I think the last thing that I did that was nerdy is I've been um, updating the blood study, which is what I call my office. So you can see behind me, that's like the guest bed. And I've got this beautiful, soft, furry blanket over here. And I found a Squishmallow that was like a vampire cat. So it really (laughs) matched. And then I've got uh, like little spider creatures and cool pillows covered in skeletons. So that was my super nerdy week. Oh yeah, and also I spent I spent a uh, Halloween night in a bubble bath watching a documentary on Ed Gein. So <laughs> super fun. I think when we're done with this episode, we're just going to hand you the keys and let you guys continue the geek them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> well, very cool. Uh, that, so that went well. But uh, we wanted to get into some questions for you guys. And uh, Amber, why don't you kick it off with, uh, why don't you get this thing kick-started with a, a question? Kick-started with a question. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect segue. Um, so please tell us about your overall experience with Kickstarter. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, it's been great. We started doing Kickstarter in 2012 um, for our third record because our second record was our first record that we did on a record label, and it was not a great experience, um, personally or financially. <laughs> um, they made a lot of promises as far as how many copies would be sold, and um, none of them came true, and we got into a little bit of the record label fuzzy math, which um, you may have heard about. If you haven't, it just usually it means the band kind of gets screwed and the band is the, the last people to get paid. Um, right, we get paid? Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> when we do get paid, we spend it all on stuff. For band, so. Totally um, normal stuff, too. Totally normal stuff, like <laughs> animated music videos. Um, but anyway, the, the label experience didn't work out great for us. So we, at the time, Kickstarter was fairly new. I think Kickstarter's maybe not even 15 years old yet, so... At the time we were doing our first Kickstarter, it was only a couple of years old. Oh, yeah. Kickstarter um, was was just starting to get big because South Park didn't do their Kickstarter episode until, like, years after our first few campaigns. Yeah. So we were in up in there early. So we, we took what little um, fan base we had from our first two records, playing some local shows and having that one record out on a record label. And we said, all right, we want to, we want to keep going. We want to do our third record, um, fan funded via Kickstarter. And that first campaign was a real struggle, but we made it happen. We got the record done. We did some cool rewards for our, our backers on that, uh, release. And, um, a really nice box set. And you know, that's super loud. Sorry. <laughs> uh -huh. I have one of those keyboards for people that like the sound of typing. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, anyway, our fans loved it. I think we over-delivered. And then that just kind of became our um, our MO on Kickstarter was to try and over-deliver and put, put everything we get back into it and, and make not only the best music we can, but try and make the physical rec physical albums and the, the merch like as cool as possible. That became doing extra stuff like animated music videos and a graphic novel and now a comic book series. And so, um, you know, nobody's gotten rich off of it, but it's allowed us to grow, um, expand our horizons and try different things and pretty much, you know, fund whatever we wanted to do at this point. So it's been great. Yep. We're, we're funding our dreams and we might not make any money, but at least the things that we've always wanted to make are out in the universe. And that's not something that everybody can say, you know? A lot of people say, I really wish I had my own comic book. I really wish I could do like a professional sounding album. And we've been able to do that. So even though we're not making money off of it, that is kind of its own reward. I think we're doing we're doing something that bands don't normally make money on anyway because most bands don't make money on their records they they make more money on tour and on t-shirts and stuff now. Mm -hmm, that's true. And we are we started our band later in life so we were we've never really been able to tour uh, extensively. But the upshot of it though is that we've done way more records than most bands. We've only been around for we've been around for 13 years and we've done 9 albums. So we've actually wow. done a lot more recording than than most bands would have been able to do and yeah you can tell we're not doing this for the money because <laughs> we've been doing the same thing for so long yeah. and also we're doing we're doing highly nerdy uh kind of outdated traditional heavy metal and power metal at a time when that's not 
like a cool niche to really be doing. But know. I think I think people like that about us because they know that the only reason we write this music is because we actually enjoy writing it. So I think people can feel that. They know when the product is personal, I think. Yeah, and I think that's part of the Kickstarter success too. We, we go, look, if we, if we were all musicians that had to put money, uh, had to put uh, uh, food on the table with our music careers, we would have to make different decisions. But if you guys like these decisions that we're making, which are purely creative, following just our passions and not making any decisions based on having to make a living on it. And we can be this weird, quirky band that does exactly what we want. And you want to get in on that and help us keep going cut all aboard. And that that's resonated with people, I think. Choo choo. That's cool. Anytime <laughs> your hobby can come close to paying for itself, then that's a, that's a win-win. Yeah. Most people waste a lot of money on hobbies. At least ours is <laughs> breaking even kind of. Right. Yeah. Not a cheap hobby. It costs us about 30 grand to make a record. So I mean, it's not cheap, but you know, some people spend $10,000 on yarn that they never knit with. So <laughs> just there. Guilt, guilty. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've recorded probably six or seven albums over the last 20, 30 years. Um, anywhere ranging from self-funded uh, the four people in the band uh, budgeting a thousand dollars, but ending up spending like thirteen hundred <laughs> just for studio time. Yeah. Um, all the way up to, like you said, I think my last project was like thirty grand, but it was bankrolled by guitar's rich dad. Nice. So. <laughs> when you can get a rich band member or the rich child of someone that is a band member, man. Yeah, I wish I, I wish we could find one of those. When he asked me to uh, to to write the album and get his son ready for a music career, uh, I said, "Okay, but I don't want to make a single penny, and I don't want to spend a single penny. But I'll write the music because I want it to sound good. I want the music that's in my head." Oh my gosh! Why did you ask on, for money? Um, he <laughs> well, was a rich dad bankrolling his lazy son why did you not ask for money there's there's reasons why i can't accept money from people but who, that's that's outside the scope of this podcast okay all right that's fair <laughs> but yeah so I, I understand that so you're a ghost we get it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah very cool i, I will I will echo you for, as a customer and, and say I've been s somewhat confused by how you're able to deliver the, the amount that you deliver, like the, the quality of your physical products, the amount of your physical products and the, and the price, I mean, of, of what you're getting um, is, is just crazy. I've backed a lot of things on, on Kickstarter and some of it you back it just because you believe in it and you're willing to spend a little bit more to get, you know, to get something that you think this person deserves mm -hmm. to, to get out in the world. And, but, but with you guys, it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. I'm going to spend that much to get that. That's, Thank you. That's awesome. You can, you can see I've got some of your comics. Right oh yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, especially the, uh, the Dazzler homage because Amber is a huge Dazzler I love fan. Dazzler. She's yes. That was Josh's idea. I think, I think you've almost completed your Dazzler collection, right? 
yeah, kind of gave up because it got really hard to find the last few, but... Um, Are you trying to find them in person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how I prefer to do it. It's so much more fun when you pull that last one out of a bin somewhere. Yeah, because, like, I could just go on eBay, get them all. I don't want to, though. Aw, I love it. I, I was doing that for a while, and I collected all of the Booster Gold issues, and... Once I collected them all, I was like, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. Number one, too much money. Number two, where the hell am I going to put all these long boxes? My <laughs> yeah, you have a room full of long boxes. I'm not doing that. So that's a good segue to uh, Danielle's question. So my question is, how did you decide to integrate comic books into your music slash kickstarter rewards well uh, comic books have been something that have brought us together from the very very beginning uh, i think it was like the first ever rehearsal i where i was officially a part of the sound of thunder josh wouldn't let me through the door he said i'm not gonna let you through the door unless you answer one question cat beast yes or no and i was like cat beast Cat Beast. Oh, Cat Beast! No! And he let me in. Because it was the era of the X-Men where they made Beast look like a giant cat man, and everyone hated it, including me. So that's that's what we bonded over. And it was just it, me and Josh used to meet up at a comic book store every Thursday before rehearsal. He would pick me up from the Metro after work, and we'd go get our comic books. And then we would go to rehearsal. Eventually that turned into Josh working at the comic book store. <laughs> and then Josh buying all of the comic books at the comic book store. <laughs> but, you know, comics have always been a part of us. Uh, we've been going to comic conventions way before um, we started making our connections to comic books with the band. But the very first comic convention uh, me and Josh went to together he went up to Valiant and was like, hey, check it out, Nina. I'm going to ask Valiant if it's cool for us to write an album about one of their characters. I bet you they're going to say no, but I'm going to ask. And he goes up and they said yes. <laughs> and then he realized, oh, my God, I could actually just go up to people and ask them for things and have conversations. And that led to this entire uh, um uh, what do you call it relationship that we've had with valiant comics that went yeah. for a long time it was all because josh just wanted to ask for this ridiculous thing and they actually said yes it's kind was of funny shadow man the yeah. shadow man record over okay. the years a lot of people have come up to us and been like oh my god how did you get valiant to let you do a shadow man record and i go i asked them <laughs> <laughs> so I tell people that story now when I, just about like making stuff happen in their lives or following your dreams. It's like, it can't hurt to ask. Yeah. You know, they didn't give me any pushback. They were just immediately like, yeah, that sounds cool. You know, they took our CD, took it back with them after the convention. And a couple weeks later, the, uh, the head of their licensing department called us. And like, it was a go from the, from the beginning. But I will say that one of the things that helped that situation was the fact that we had already made our third album. Yeah, Fourth? we gave them the third album. Right. So we gave them the third album, which sounded professional and was already kind of spooky in its own right. So because we were able to already be at 
a level where they could hear the professionalism. They were like, oh, these guys are going to be easy to work with. Um, that definitely helped. So it's not just, you know, asking to get something. It's also having the ability to back it up, you know? Yeah, we cool. kind of created our own luck there, I think. Exactly. Um, uh, going back even earlier in the history of the band, though, I mean, we have, we, first of all, we've never been a band that's written a lot of like love songs or songs about like deep personal, you know, introspective topics. So like one of the first songs on our, that we ever wrote together is called Archangel Wings of Steel, which Nina, you wrote the lyrics for that. I sure did. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, how much in, of my, it? in my defense, I was 25 years old, and I thought Archangel was the sexiest of the X-Men, so I was like, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to write a song about this comic book character, and it was totally superficial. I don't care. I forget the lyrics all the time because this song is so long, so I am begging you, Josh, if we ever play this live again, we got to cut like three verses. Yeah. <laughs> that was So that was on our first EP. And even before that, we had a demo, a song we never finished called This Man, This Monster about the, the issue of Fantastic Four, the Lee Kirby issue about the thing. Um, so it's kind of, and My Name is Doom is on our first record about Dr. Doom. So it's kind of always been in the mix from the very beginning because mm -hmm. it's a big, big part of both of our lives and inspiration for us, you know, that's really cool. Nina's in a bright red room and I'm in a bright, bright blue room. I think we both like to live our lives with color and imagination. And you know. I didn't even think of that. It's like, you're the good guy and I'm the bad guy. I am the good guy. <laughs> I'm in the villain room. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, going back to Kickstarter real quick, I'm curious if there's uh, like what would have happened if uh, if your first Kickstarter didn't work out. Like, was there a backup plan? No, um, we probably would have had to just pool our pool our money as a band, which I'm not sure would have happened, honestly. Well, we, we did we, that we, once. What 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 Josh did was he actually planned the amount for the Kickstarter based on what we could each afford to kick in because okay. his theory was this, even if we don't make the, the ultimate goal, um, if we kick in some of our own money to make it look like we reached the goal, that will show that we had a successful campaign. And that means that the next time people, we want to do a Kickstarter, people will be like, oh, they had a successful campaign last time so i can expect that they will fulfill their next kickstarter so it was like even if we lose money in the end we're going to gain um this notoriety and this fan base and it worked yeah it was so actually a really smart way of doing it <laughs> we did and we did actually hit our goal on the first campaign the goal was eight thousand dollars i think yeah. And I was, con we were getting towards the end. I was concerned we were going to not make it. And it, with Kickstarter, if you don't hit the goal, you don't get any of the money and the project fails. Mm -hmm. So we put in a thousand dollars of our own money towards the end of the campaign to make sure we were going to hit the goal. Mm -hmm. But then on the $8,000 goal, we ended up raising over $9,000 at the end anyway. So we did actually hit the goal, like honestly, from just our fans. 
And I think we over delivered on that campaign, and made people happy. And somehow the crazy part was then we, we went to do our fourth album, our very next Kickstarter campaign, it raised $23,000. Oh, wow. wow. That was that was the beginning of the ramp up and building our audience on Kickstarter and just really realizing that we can fund all these crazy ideas and all this music and all these projects completely independently, just solely on fan power. And it's been great since then. That's awesome. So uh, knowing that success and stuff, Amber, you got another question here? Yeah. What's the coolest part of your Kickstarter success? Like, has anything really cool happened that would have not happened if it weren't for Kickstarter or anything that you can think of? Definitely the music videos. Like, there's no way that I would be a cartoon if it wasn't for this band and these Kickstarters. Like, that is a dream I've... It's what I've always wanted. So that I can accomplish that through this band, yeah. For me, it's the quantity of music. Like, I think we would have continued because we all really love making music, but a normal band makes an album once every two to three years now. And we did, we went on a streak where we made an album every year and we had EPs in between. So we've done like nine records, but they're long records. So we've really got to do like a whole career's worth of music already because of Kickstarter. Um, and then the other part of it is all, I think all of the comic book stuff is because of Kickstarter. And in, mm-hmm. in other words, the it was metal graphic novel that we did and most of the variant exclusives we did with valiant and the queen of hell comic book series that we're working on now none of that would have been possible without kickstarter that's awesome no no record label would have let you done a comic book maybe absolutely not they wouldn't give us money (laughs) did you see like um if you i mean you guys are familiar with comics so you probably have seen a bunch of graphic novels based on really really huge bands um like anthrax and i don't know if metallica has one yet but king diamond alice cooper alice cooper right and their their quality i don't want to put anybody down but you'll notice that those graphic novels they they're not made by people who are at the tip top of the industry you know they're kind of made on a budget so even for those huge bands to do a graphic novel they have to kind of keep the costs down and so for us i'm real confident our our queen of hell series is going to be just as good if not a lot better than most of those graphic novels and that's because of Kickstarter, because if even if we were able to get a publisher to help us with it directly, if we were a bigger, much bigger band, or if we had a label helping with it, it would be a finite kind of cost-cutting version of of what we're doing now with Kickstarter on a bigger scale. So, to, for the content sake, it's better to be independent, I think, and be doing it through Kickstarter. Yeah, it's really cool. I I read a book several years ago, and I don't know if exactly what the title was. It was something like "The Rise and Fall of the Music Industry." Mm. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever read that one, but mm-hmm. it it it's it's great because it talks about you know the the heyday of music and and why they made singles, um, and they would make one good song in in the seventies, sixties, and seventies, and then put ten bad ones on there, 
And that's what led to the downfall because that's when Steve Jobs said, no, we can just sell songs by themselves. Um, but it, it follows all that and it, it explains the math behind the 360 system and stuff like that. So, um, you, you know, that stuff firsthand, but it's still an interesting read just to hear, you know, some of, some of the companies that were involved and, and the pushback and all that stuff. Yeah. The 360 deals are especially bad and that's, that's the kind of stuff we were getting offered, you know, because we came around after the, the traditional music industry had kind of started to die. So all that was left was those really, I mean, uh, the old school deals were crappy too in their own way, but now for bands, to, a small band to sign and give away their, a cut of their live ticket sales and their t-shirt sales and all that, like just, I wouldn't want to do that. We own a hundred percent of everything we've ever done. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to plug my daughter real quick, Danielle. She's an, an art student, so if you ever need a variant uh, cover made. All right. Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to farm her out. All right. But uh, what what do you guys, uh, we've we've asked you enough of our questions. What do you guys have? Do uh, you have anything that you want to plug or, or talk about? Ooh. Well, maybe the fact that the Sound of Thunder is on a gentle hiatus is what I am calling it because our drummer, Chris, has just retired. So since we have no drummer, we are on what I am calling a gentle hiatus. We are not broken up. We are still together. We are still a Sound of Thunder. We're just looking for a new drummer. Yeah. Well, one of the things I would say I'm also really proud of is that we kept our lineup of four people together with no changes for 13 years. Yeah. That's a really long time for a band to stay together with no lineup changes. Right. Yeah. So the next person is going to have to be like the perfect fit. And yes, we are on the hunt. And yes, we have our claws in someone so uh, uh, something may be coming soon, but I'm not saying anything official. It's all yeah. off the record. Yeah. Well, we work ahead. So regardless of what happens with a new drummer, a potential new drummer, Chris, our drummer who's just retired, he's already recorded the drums for the next chapter of Queen of Hell. Mm -hmm. And there's supposed to be three chapters. So... Um, we actually have samples of all of Chris's drums. So whether we have a new drummer or not, we'll be able to make the, uh, the sound consistent. So all the, the Queen of Hell chapters will sound this, you know, similar tones and everything. So we're, even though Nina said we're on a hiatus, we're only really on a hiatus from playing live right now. Right, right. We're, yeah, which is, which is sad for me because playing live is personally one of my favorite things to do. Now, I don't know how much you track uh, Dream Theater News, but Mike Mangiani might be available, and I might be butchering that last name. You're um, like the fourth person to suggest we can be <laughs> Dream Theater's drummer. <laughs> Which is awesome, but like I, I think he'd expect to be paid, and that's just not the case with The Sound of Thunder. Hey, you do this for the love. <laughs> you never know to ask, right? He may be a huge comics fan, and he'd be like, oh, yeah. Honestly, that would be hilarious. So, yeah, you know what? Might as well ask. Yeah, on that same topic, if you never know until you ask, I was telling my, my daughters um, about me going to your merch table. I just wanted to buy an album. 
and uh, you know, I wasn't going to walk out empty-handed. Bought an album, and Josh said, "Hey, do you happen to be a comic book fan?" <laughs> and had my daughters been there, they would have just fallen on the floor laughing. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I, I actually am." <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. what I'm about to ask you about. So um, the whole reason that we're here tonight is because uh, I was willing to ask you guys if you're willing to jump on a, a silly old podcast with us. Oh, my gosh. How did Josh read you? <laughs> I don't know. I had what was it about him? No, there's, it, was there's because, always a f- it was because you picked up the It Was Metal album. Yeah, so right. I was going to be like, oh, by the way, if you like comic books, we have a oh. novel based on this record. That's it. That's it. And I was really admiring your upsell skill until you handed it to me for free. And then I was like, man, I, I was willing to buy it. <laughs> oh, Josh, you dummy. <laughs> wow. So he didn't read me 100%. <laughs> well, you got the album. I want people to see the graphic novel. We put a lot of work into it. So, Yes, very much appreciated. That was that was really cool. But yeah, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually plug you guys by saying... All my listeners, all, all three of you, be sure you follow A Sound of Thunder on Twitter, Facebook, wherever it is that you can follow them, because I found out about their metal show because of the Arcades Facebook post, <laughs> and I wasn't following them personally, and, oh, uh, and there's Kickstarter projects that I've missed because Kickstarter didn't even tell me, didn't even send me emails saying, hey, this band that you have backed several times has put out and so i didn't even know about the queen of hell so oh oh no did you miss that one oh i I did yep so i missed that one and all the time i mean i think i get a a email from kickstarter every single day saying projects you may love and i (laughs) I must have missed it somehow um so now i'm following you on on your socials so that that won't happen again good we need to start making our advertising it more blatant like just put Queen of Hell, like a spray of boobs. On, uh, <laughs> is that the su- is that the subtitle? <laughs> kind of, it's like it's like heavy metal. You know, that's how they advertised heavy metal. The 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 uh, the cartoon. Okay, yeah. So we should have the same like as a banner, just a spray of boobs. <laughs> as a reminder, take out the trash. No. <laughs> Sorry. I thought maybe you had said a keyword for your Alexa to. Uh... <laughs> Oops. You need to set your Alexa so it gives you reminders for much more metal things in the middle of the morning. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great yeah. prank. Yeah. No, I'm sad I didn't think about it. Reminder drain the blood from the children. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So, so, again, thank you so much for coming on our show. Any last. Uh, questions or plugs from anybody hmm. I'll, I'll take that as a no so so again thank you so much for being on our show everybody listening out there be sure to check out a sound of thunder on their kickstarter pages go back and watch some of those uh old announcements that they did because they're all great um i love the one where you have uh random pictures of bald people in place of chris on that one recording uh, that you were doing a, I think a project <laughs> update. Yeah, that was uh, that was yeah. classic. He gradually, he gradually became more dead. Moving, he was went from like <laughs> Telly Savalas to Nosferatu. Yep. <laughs> so check those out. Check out their music. 
Um, check out their YouTube channel. Go pick up some of their stuff because it's, it's all great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you again for, uh, for joining us. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to our audience by saying thank you as always for listening and watching in this case on this episode. And until next time, peace, peace out, out and, and geek, geek out. out. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and it's never <laughs> synchronized. I blame the internet. That is adorable. Thank you for listening to the Family Geekery Podcast. For more information, visit www.familygeekery.com. Don't forget to subscribe at your favorite podcast provider. And until next time, peace out and geek out. <laughs>